Hey there, you are listening to the weekly podcast Talk About Gay Sex. I'm your host, Steve Rodriguez. Each week we are serving another topic and aspect of one of my favorite topics and activities, gay sex. This month, the podcast community is launching a campaign with the hashtag tripod. That's hashtag T-R-Y-P-O-D. The idea is to share a podcast with a friend or family member that you like. Tell them how to subscribe and download to get the word out about podcasts. All month long, hashtag tripod. So you can promote Talk About Gay Sex or any podcast you like. Just remember to use that hashtag tripod. If you like this podcast, do us a favor and rate and review us on iTunes. It will help us rank and get us featured so we can continue to provide you with more stimulating gay sex conversations. Check out our new website, talkaboutgaysex.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes, check out photos of guests, co-hosts, and myself, read my behind-the-scenes blog on special guests, and find out anything we've mentioned from books, films, locales, and more on our link farm page. That's talkaboutgaysex.com. You can also find out how to get in contact with me, give us feedback, suggest topics, or be a special guest. That's talkaboutgaysex.com. And follow us socially at talkaboutgaysex on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Let's get into the show for today. I'm joined by one of my favorite people, Steve Carpenter. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm you know, I'll always come over for cocktails. You know, yeah, yeah. Say. It doesn't take much, <laughs> huh? No, it doesn't. Yeah. Offer you a cocktail and you're good to go. And exactly. you got your handy dandy. Um, you're such a techie. I think people don't know that about you, right? Oh, it, I'm definitely a techie. Yeah. yeah, you've got the latest iWatch, the latest iPad. Yeah. iPhone 7. Yeah. yeah. Former pilot, which, yeah. Or pilot. Aerobatic pilot. Aerobatic. What does that mean? Um, it's stunt flying. Stunt, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Loops, spins and rolls, you know. And, and I, I'm instrument rated as well, so I, you know, that was just kind of... You're like a banana. Like, every single time I get together with you, I peel another layer, and I'm like, I did not an know that about you. <laughs> onion, onion. Okay. Banana, yeah. You wouldn't have many layers if you were, yeah. Onion. <laughs> well, of course, I'm thinking banana because it's, well, you know the shape, so, yeah. Yes, I know. Of and course, I have to go there. We're, we're going to be phallic. We are. There's plenty and of that. discussions today. Today's topic, and we'll get into it in a little bit, but it is bringing us back into the day. And the other day, I was um, scrolling through my television, and I came across the Robin Bird <laughs> television show. And obviously, it was, you know, a, you know, wasn't like recorded less. It was like 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah or she's been rerunning those forever. And I had to record it because I had to see it. And it was, it's basically all ads, like back 1-800 right. sex ads. Yeah. And then she comes on and she says gibberish. And I mean gibberish, like, oh, yeah. what is she saying? And then she introduces a, a dancer. Right. And then they are, have all those lights and they're... For those that don't know, um, you, you could probably describe what the show was. Well, it's... Cable yeah. access. It was a cable-only show. Right. So it was, it was originally Manhattan Cablevision. Um, Channel 35, whatever, and, and I, I think it's in the 70s now, whatever. But um, you could watch, and they had both male and female dancers. And the studio... They were very equal opportunities. opportunities. Oh, they, they were. They were. Which they were I very like. Equal opportunity. Um, and it or was usually was. whoever the porn stars were that were visiting New York at the time. Yeah. 
uh, and of course all of them were hustling as well, so this was good advertisement for them. And most of them, I might add, were white because, um, you know, at that time, most porn industry in the 80s yeah. and was predominantly ruled by white. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a documentary which we'll put on the site that I just watched about the original. Put that in the link farm? I put that in the link farm okay. about um, who ruled the gay porn industry in the 80s and how his fetish was only blondes and and shaved bodies right. which contradicted the the earlier period which was hairy and and the, the one funny thing is um he didn't want to see dirty feet anymore he was tired of seeing like literally oh, when, when their feet go feet. up in the air and they're yeah. dirty yes. yes so he wanted scrubbed <laughs> feet and he wanted yep. also white bodies no mm -hmm. hair and most of them were blonde and right. so it was mm -hmm. interesting fascinating but robin bird it was hilarious and an interesting side note on robin bird um a few years back uh, my friends and i rented a house in Fire Island, and mm. we, the house, lo and behold, was owned by Robin Bird. Yeah. yeah. And she met us at... She does have a place out there. Yeah, it's like the, um, I think it's the second to last house um, before you head into the meat rack, which, if you know anything, the meat rack is... I don't know anything about that. The meat rack, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole thing. The Judy Garland Memorial Woods. For, yeah, for those yes. that have never gone to Fire Island, Fire Island's an amazing island. Um, no cars. Long Island. There's no cars. It's, um, you know, awesome. But there's this meat rack, right. which got labeled. And it's basically the foresty area that leads Cherry Grove. It's right smack in the middle between Fire Island Pines and Cherry Grove. And it's just this big wooded area. And on any given summer night, there are probably more people in the meat rack than there are yeah. in the pines or the grove. Yeah, and it's a trail that leads to the, I mean, you could foreseeably walk the beach and get yeah. to Cherry Grove or vice versa. But, but the Enchanted is, Forest is a much more Enchanted Forest, yeah. I was in there, I haven't been to Fire Island in a while, and I walked through yeah. at... Without the wee stopping. hours in the morning, and I had already had my fun on the pine side, and I was staying in the Cherry Grove side, oh, so... Okay. Um, but it was, it was a little bit of Blair Witch Project for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I, if anyone knows me, I'm a little skittish. Um, and I have a dog that's with my mom right now, but he is also, he always has a front like on, but he's very skittish too. Like you drop a pan and he's like jumping up and I'm the same way. So it made me a little freaked out in Blair Witch Project, but intrigued at the same time too. But again, I had had my fun and I was good to go. But, um, yeah, but Robin Bird, and she greeted us at the at our house that yeah. looked like it hadn't been updated since 1976. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so. Probably. Yeah. Anyway. A lot of those houses out there are kind of like that, so. Yeah, yeah, it was hilarious. But today, we are joined by somebody, actually, that I met through you um, at the Eagle Bar. Again, we're always talking about the Eagle, and yes. but it's just our watering hole, and we love it. And so um, we are joined by Bob Burr. Um, Bob Burr, um, I mean, hi, how are you doing? Good, There's how so are much you to say, and I know we have a lot to say. Yeah. Well, He's I'm always got a lot here. to say. Yeah. Always. I mean, you worked at the Leatherman for I, quite some time. I worked at the Leatherman for 14 years. Mm -hmm. And I ran the shop at the Eagle, which is why you always see me at the Eagle. Right, exactly. Because right. those guys became my family. So you know Christophe, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. good. Yes. Good. Okay, got it. <laughs> So, all right, well, good. And so, um, anyways, today's topic, which we brought you in, Mr. Burr, um, because we, I've hung out with you, and when I hung out with you at the Eagle, I was, like, either laughing hysterically 
or my mouth was gaping wide open, not because of you were shoving something in my mouth, but because I was <laughs> fascinated, <laughs> fascinated at like the, 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 the stories the and stories. So, yeah. So today we're calling today um, wild sex tales then versus now. And what I mean wow. by that, I mean, because obviously that's, you know, such a huge topic is that, you know, in the bar scene in particular, then if you will, and particularly we'll probably keep it to New York, but feel free to, you know, bring it in mm -hmm. other cities because yeah. we have listeners all over, um, is that what you could do sexually back in the day versus what you can do now is completely <laughs> uh -huh. different. And that's an obvious one. And we were talking offline earlier and we're going to break it down and give you some fun, wild sex tales. Oh, yes. Um, we're not going to name names or anything like that, but... Um, but yeah, and then, um, and maybe what you would may or may not be surprised of today. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk about some of the interesting names of the bars that don't exist. And I guess we should start with like the area where the current Eagle is. Well, for, we've talked about this Steve before, but mm -hmm. the, um, the Eagle on um, 28th Street right now, which is for those that are by the Hudson, yep. on, by the West Side Highway. West Side Highway. West Side um, Highway. Yep. Yeah, so it's really kind of removed. It's um, in a warehouse district, but this area today is filled with galleries, and you know we all know about developers, and there's some, you know plenty of. Well, there um, weren't galleries there when they first opened. Well, yeah, right. it was really you know still very industrial was, and kind of out of the way. Yeah, because when we opened the Leatherman at the Eagle, I had to be very careful going to and from work. Wow. Okay. You didn't yeah. go by yourself. Yeah. It was still very dicey. Yeah. Especially at the end of, you know, when I got out at like 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the morning. Right. Very dicey. So, and I'm imagining at places like that, you were going in your gear. And Correct. So you, to some people, it may have looked like costume, if you will. Yes. So you, it's not like you were blending in. No, I mean, <laughs> and my kind of signature look was always the assless chaps. Okay. Part of, so, yeah, I wasn't blending in. See, and now <laughs> when I were my assless chaps and I walk in my lobby to exit. I have a lot, this long shirt that yep. is a fashion shirt, but it covers my butt and I'm yep. covered. Did you just walk out? Yes, because oh, I well. was still getting <laughs> to a point. This is where, <clears throat> about the time that New York was obviously starting to change. Because you used to ride the subways and walk the village with your assless, assless chaps, right. no jacket, and the whole idea was to make people uncomfortable. Wow. Yeah. But even though you knew that yeah, from I mean, safety-wise that The straight were, population, when I first came to New York in 1980, didn't go below 14th Street unless they had a certain mindset. Right. Okay. okay and that yeah. was accepting. Right. Because they lived there or <laughs> whatever. Yes, the village was the gay spot. And, yeah. uh, and you just, if you were going to venture down there, then, you know, it's, then you had to be accepting or you were going to be severely chastised. Because what was really so. different into then versus now, to put it in a nutshell, is the bars were for drinking. And my, when I first came to New York, they were not, you had sex in clubs that right. were built for having sex or on the street. Yes. But I was trying yeah. to say when I first got here, the chemistry, when I stepped off the PATH train the first time I ever came to New York for my job interview, you, you could literally feel the energy and the crackle, and it was like walking into this sexual minefield. The whole city. The whole, the, I mean, the, Christopher Street in particular. Yeah, but even... Oh, the, anything up to about 14th Street. You could not walk well, down Christopher Street without getting laid at yeah. least three times. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what... When I first stepped off the train, by the time I got to my restaurant... I'd had sex three times. 
And from what I understand is that also in where the Eagle was and all that, in between cars and oh, all dumb those behind areas. dumpsters oh, and 20th on. Street. Good Lord. Yeah. 20th Street was notorious, especially yeah. after after the bar closed. I mean, you, you could walk down the street and somebody would be following you. But that's and where have sex right there. <laughs> you learn to have a lot of friends because people had to be around to watch your back while you were doing that kind right. of thing. Yeah, right, right. You weren't right. out there just by yourself. Well, and that's where kind of the family stuff came in, too, Correct. when you were kind of adopted into the tribe, so to speak. And, you know, if you, if you met somebody at the bar, then you always made sure you introduced him to mm -hmm. somebody else. Somebody else. And usually somebody knew him. Or, you know, if they didn't know him, then they would find somebody who did or right. you know, And if you were going to trick with someone from yes. the bar that nobody really knew, yeah. you always took one or two of your best friends off to the side and introduced the new gentleman yes. and said, I'm going to this person's house. Yeah. And if you have not heard from me, when I, if I have not called you in yeah. three hours yeah. on your home phone, then this is where I'm going to be. And you would give that address to mm -hmm. your friend. But, yeah. But that doesn't cover the, the family, the safety doesn't cover the sex that you may or may not, or that you would have like in these alleyways or whatever. And no. true. And it was also a heightened time where people oh. were looking for trouble. Mm -hmm. yes. And so, yes. and you're walking around in your assless chaps. Mm -hmm. um, did you just kind of have a fuck you attitude? Yes, that, you had like, to. You had to. You know, yeah. I, I watched, I've never been bashed, but I just about everybody else I knew at the time had been. For some reason, I wasn't. Right. I've never um, been bashed in New York. I was bashed once in Michigan. Okay. But I was yeah, bashed I mean, once, you know, in Berkeley when I was going to school there, but it, I literally, my parents lived in a suburb and I was taking it home and it was Easter Sunday and I was yeah. in pastels and white and, you know, I, I was a turd, I know. <laughs> and I got off the train yeah. and I, I'm walking from the train back and I got bashed. But I'm thinking it was just like, who's this like pastel bunny that's, you know, and what bunny. Can, yeah. <laughs> well, there's that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. I mean, that was, but to me, I learned my lesson and was like, okay, don't walk in that kind of outfit, you know, just stupid. But yeah, you live I and mean, learn. I'm from Michigan too. And when I first walked into my first gay bar, I mean, that was the only time I ever walked in alone. Right. People immediately yeah, passed out exactly. phone numbers and they wanted to know where you lived. Mm -hmm. And you would, when that time you were going to go to the bar, you would call your friends. Right. And you would, some guy would be the designated driver, even though it had nothing to do with drunk driving yet. But in those days, he was the designated driver to get everybody there and home again. Yeah. Yeah. And the only problem I ever had is I was arrested, well, not officially booked, but the police used to come into the bar and it was illegal to be in a gay bar. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would be dragged down to the you know police station mm -hmm. on a Saturday night. They yeah. always they love to get the college boys yeah. on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Even today though, I mean, you know, again this whole contrast conversation that we're having. I was out at a club last night in New York City, um, by 50th Street, also in the same um, West Side there, and. There was, we were walking, we left the club and there was a group of guys that were walking by the entrance and I heard they say, oh yeah, you know, you can tell those fags over there, like, they're walking, like, I don't know what they were like, but it, I knew it wasn't, it was derogatory and it wasn't right. good. And so I literally had like a moment where I like looked back and I was like, what? Like, yeah. and then I, but I yeah. also was like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, cause it was just me and my friend who wouldn't be much help, I know, mm -hmm. and this posse. But, you know, even today, you would think, oh, yeah, 2016 and, you know, but yeah. not necessarily. Although, 
Totally, probably nothing like. We don't back- really expect it as much in New York City, you know, right. or San Francisco, or even LA. You are much more guarded if you're in the Midwest. Oh yes, you know, or in one of the square states. You know, yeah, you're, you you definitely feel it. Right, right. You definitely feel it. You know, so so you have to you have to really have you know have. Uh, compassion for for gay people who live in those areas yeah and there's still i think pockets within the city yeah there can be i have friends who live in queens and you act differently in manhattan than you do when you get off the subway in queens true although so much of like astoria now is like another gay neighborhood true but you mean you need to put you need to read the signals yes you can tell what you can get away with like riding the subway in my assless chaps even i did not go above 34th street Okay. There were just. There I love were that rules. you did that in general. Yeah, I mean, there because, were rules that mm-hmm. you played by. But first of all, I don't know if I'd want my ass on the, on the seats <laughs> on of the. the seats. No, that would be me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I mean, I'll, I'll let somebody. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll sit on do, someone's do, face that I am yeah, into before s- I would want to sit on those. And, Does, and, is that crazy? And the face is probably a lot cleaner. So <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we never sat I down. Mean, some we, of these trains. We never yeah. sat down on the subway in those days. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Because then you can show your ass up. Well, there's that. But, I mean, those are the old subway cars. Right. And they were really disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So let's bring it, like, into the bars now. Because, um, you know, there were so many amazing bars back in the day. um, Places like Mineshaft and... and Again, where was Mineshaft again? Remind me, it was in the West Village, right? West 12th. Yeah, yeah. Meatpacking District. Meatpacking District. Right. What went on in, in... what? Well, you were telling us um, earlier that like it was all about the basement, correct? For well, there were there were a lot of there were three floors and then the roof and the roof, and it depended what your particular fetish was because certain right. floors were kind of. I don't know if it was really intentional. I just think over the years, we're just kind of gay men kind of picked like certain spots. All right, we're going to be into fisting, so we're going to use these three slings in a row, mm-hmm. and that was more on the. Well, there was some on the basement, but was there some on the first floor, too? That's first what floor. I, first floor, yeah. And my particular fetish is water sports. Right, yes. Which I had started to discover back in my 20s in Michigan. And here I am, 31, coming into New York. And a friend of mine, John, teaches me how to go to the mineshaft. And you had to learn how to go because, I mean, you, one, needed to have someone who... The owner, his name was Wally Wallace, knew. Mm-hmm. Not, you just couldn't come in off the street. I couldn't walk in, even if I was dressed appropriately and say, hey, yeah. I want to come in. I could have been an undercover policeman. Right. You had to be introduced and by someone that he knew or someone wow. else. Yeah, oh, so yeah, it wasn't yeah. even about the gear, per se. Well, it like, was about the gear in, this, in the sense of just the, you know, it, it was the gear and you had to be wearing this because this was how the environment was set up. And it was a way, too. And again... But you had to meet this Wally guy, too, and pass his test. But you see, and I realized later, I didn't take it... it, At first, it didn't hit me, but it's how we kept each other safe, too. Right. Yes. Because anyone that came in that door at least had passed muster with a couple of men Mm -hmm. before they were turned loose on the crowd. The vultures. Yeah. Vultures. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Right. Be that way. Yes. You know, and my friend John took me to the Leather Man, where I ended up working years later. But uh, I bought my first leather vest, and we went somewhere else to buy my boots. 
I don't a sneaker that. guy that turned to the, the yeah, dark well, side. I mean, well, I was already on the dark side. That's another long story. But that was my first lover. He already got me started. I just didn't own anything. Okay, great, right. When you're, I used to be a classical musician. When you're a struggling musician, you don't go out buying leather chaps or vests or whatever. Right. No. You're buying grand pianos and <laughs> various and other things. Spending but, your money on things like groceries. Yes. Because that's all the money you have. Yeah, you're trying to survive. <laughs> as a classical musician. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And, um, well, that's, what's so funny about, um, like, you know, these contests, I was entered the Mr. Eagle contest and you've got, you know, your gear that you have to wear yeah. and, and the Sam, 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 Sam Brown. Brown, Sam Brown and, and everything has to look polished and all, oh, which yeah. totally contrasts what you were talking to us earlier about is when you went to some of these bars, you had to be in gear. Well, this is where well, times have changed. Had, you also had, you had two pairs of chaps. Okay. Oh, you yes. had, you had your dress chaps. chaps. Okay, your dress chaps. And then you it's had like your Sunday. play chaps. Exactly. Yeah. But so don't you remember, Wally used to run the Mr. Eagle competition. Yes, he did. Oh. And there was nothing polished about it. No. No. Oh, God, no. Okay. No. One of the winners we crowned when he was in the bathtub. <laughs> When we were all around him. Yeah. <laughs> we just put the sash kind of around the tub somewhere. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all of this is, and I'm not trying, I'm not in a no way do I think that that was a better time than it is now. It's just, different. Just different. Yes. Right. I mean, I remember going to the first, what turned out, I didn't know it at the time. I was at the first IML. It was wow. a bar hop. Okay. I grew up outside of Detroit. We got in the car. We went to, someone said, oh, we're getting a bunch of guys together in Chicago. Yeah. And I was, uh, learned about it at the interchange in Detroit. And we just all drove over and we bar hopped around and we had yeah. backroom sex and whatever else. And it turned into IML when the Canadian boys decided to come over across the border. And we wow. brought them with us. Oh. <laughs> well, with, which in, in, oh, thank in, goodness. The, in Michigan, you could go, you could go oh. over to Windsor for, to some of the, the oh, bars my. over there, which were... Yeah, I don't want to get And, off, there, were, off and the there were subject, bars over but, there, too. But my favorite bars were in... Ontario, because they had naked go-go yes. boys yeah. that I would right. stir I your remember. drink with their uncut oh, dicks. I wish oh, we yeah. had that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing like watching the French Canadian stir your scotch, <laughs> and you get to clean it off the <laughs> Especially the if you're into water sports. <laughs> oh, yeah, and especially if you're right. like, I mean, can you top it off? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Talk Oof. about top shelf. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, these are things that you had both clothing and and we were talking a little bit about you know the authorities didn't really give a shit right about no, no. Were, were paid, paid off, off. they were paid, were paid off. off and they, they, they knew off. it really was a live and let live yeah it was kind, kind of, of experience especially below 14th street it's hard okay. to explain yeah i didn't know for the longest time that that was kind of like the demarcation right, right. that was the border and it was like any of the i'm going to Heterosexuals you met below 14th Street were very accepting. They either lived right. in the village and were like, I'm cool with this. I don't care. Right. Mm -hmm. They're my neighbors. Right. You know. It just coexisted. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. And exactly. I know we'll get into a conversation about this at some point, but when the plague showed up, it changed things for, you know, I mean, people were suddenly looking at your neighbors differently than yeah. you used to. True. Yeah. It changed everything. Yeah. But, and I understand and, you know. Um, that it was dramatic, right? Oh, <laughs> it was, yeah, because basically Koch shut everything down. Well, I mean, yeah, we all, you know. we even... Well, and also, we if did you were too. gay, I'm sure, you weren't going out as much, maybe? Or what were the bar owners, how were they immediately responding? Were they... Well, they were... They're, oh, denial. Initially. Denial. Yeah, well, you know, understandably. But, but the, the fact that we didn't know anything about it, we didn't and, know how it was... 
contracted. In t- in today, you get so much information. You get too much information today. Right. Bombarding you 24-7. In those days, we didn't get much of any information in any way, shape, or form. No. Because the news media and the magazines and everything else that really catered to the world mm-hmm. didn't want to discuss this. No, they couldn't even. They this was a gay thing. It. They didn't yeah. want to go into. It's a gay thing, and it affected a certain slice of the population that they didn't care about. It affected a nationality they didn't care about. Right. Yeah. And that's. I mean, not to be political. Ronald Reagan didn't care. <laughs> yeah, well, this Ronald, was a, Ronald Reagan didn't even mention the AIDS it. crisis to well into his second term. Correct. So, much less gays, yeah, right? Much less gays. So we're kind of getting off topic, but we yeah, are, but, but, no. but nonetheless, it was we had for me, I was very lucky. I had about a four-year slice of New York that it was the old style New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where any not everything went, but man's it's really hard to explain to people. You had sex everywhere. Right. Well, I mean the the bathhouses, there was man's country yep. right around here. Yes. A place called Man's Country? Man's yeah, Country. Man's it country. was a bathhouse. Yep. Oh, what's the one that Barry Manlow? The uh, oh dear, Barry Manlow and Bette Midler. I'm oh, oh. oh, oh, that was the Continental Pass up on the, the Upper West Side. Oh God, I um, got there one time. It was unbelievable. Yeah, wow. stunning. Yeah, stunning. Gorgeous place. And then there was the St. Mark's Baths, which was always busy. Mm-hmm. Always. There they were was hard. The ever the. <laughs> Yes. yes. Well, well, I think it the was ever, cool. It was called Everard, but Ever, everyone called it Everhard. Everhard, so, yes. I think um, what was cool, though, is that, you know, to piggyback on what you were saying, is that people coexisted, mm-hmm. the streets, obviously people like Bette Midler were performing. It yes, was an yeah. integration of music. And yeah, yeah. nobody, you know, if you were an adult living in an urban city like New York or San Francisco or L.A., mm-hmm. these were just normal well, things and, that and happened. Even men, and even yeah. Men that I knew that were heterosexual, but yeah. they wanted a good blowjob. Yeah. When we'd be on the road on business, would say, hey, yeah, would you mind? And I was like, well, hell no. Right. <laughs> and you know, they didn't care. The it didn't make them gay. It didn't even make them bisexual, frankly. Right. Right. They just wanted a good blowjob. Right. Right. Because they and, weren't getting it at home. And a lot of what the health care and everything else did was then really become, it sounds like, We became divisive. armed camps. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We exactly. became militant too, and we were we. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy, and I think in Manhattan we're still going through some of that. Yeah. We kind of knee jerked and overreacted. Yes, it sounds like it. Yeah. There are ways to police yes. your own and modify public behavior without like tearing it all down and throwing out throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, but then, you know, to bring it a little bit to today, I mean, there's certainly, I mean, you'll hear of, and this is another topic I wanted to talk about is that, you know, you'll, if you are on the apps, you'll see people invite you to sex parties or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's this thing called PNP, party and play, yep. which right. means, you usually know, if you're invited math. to that, you, it's, yeah, yep. to be blatant, it's crystal meth. It's usually yes. crystal And math. G, yep. oftentimes, right. which oftentimes. when I see that, I'm like, Ugh, no way, that's just... You know, I'm curious to know, yeah. um, and that's just, you know, I feel, my own opinion, that it's kind of leading down a dark path. And less- yes, because yeah, you see, it, the yeah. difference between a lot of the younger gay men that I've gotten to know working at the Leatherman and at the Eagle and myself, and I can speak to this, and I, I, I'm no saint. I have done it all. <laughs> you can vouch for that. Right? I, I, I have done every drug that is out there. Some of which I find fascinating, uh, some I would do again if it wasn't so addictive. 
others that I still do to this day. I will readily admit I'm a pothead. Right. I have been since I was 18. Um, but none of that has ever changed how I approach sex. Right. What's going on today is men are using PNP right. mm-hmm. to quote-unquote unlock the door of inhibition. Exactly. Right. One's leading the other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed I, to unlocking the door of inhibition and using, using the drugs to right. just accompany it, so to yeah. speak. And yeah. what were some yeah. of the drugs that would have been, <laughs> you know, before this AIDS kind of... Lots of, oh, lots of grass. Lots the poppers of, were pop. just... Oh, everywhere. The poppers were everywhere, and they were not poppers. the formulas they are today. Oh, they're not. Okay. Oh, I was no, going to no. say, yeah. They were the stuff you find in an ambulance today. They got Ooh. their... I mean, I mean, I, the, I, amulets, I yeah. still have oh, some. Amulets, okay. Yes, I, I still have some of them in my freezer. I'm sure oh, you a friend do. of mine who's a doctor. Oh, my doctor. Oh, yeah. I also, quaaludes, were those a... Quaaludes. Or was that uh, just a dance drug? No, like it was more of a dance drug. More but, dance. But, but, but a it, euphoric yeah. yeah. kind of... I mean... Could you have good it, hot sex on quaaludes? Yeah. It wasn't I, as great. No, it was it was great. Did it make your dick go up or down? Is that what I'm getting to? Nothing. Nothing. It just didn't really Nothing. do that. Yeah. It, it didn't really affect you sexually. It was okay. really more just a... You know, I'm happy and I'm calm. And, okay. Yeah. You know. Obviously, cocaine. Was, oh, yes. Yeah. I remember because, I mean, LSD was a big, I, I'm, oh, LSD, I'm just a little LSD. bit older. Yeah. And I can still remember, I've only done it twice. And the second time, it was hysterical because I was still in the Midwest and we were going, the disco craze was all the rage. Right. So we were going to the disco when we had taken a tab. A tab. A tab. A oh, tab. Tablet. Yep. And in my mind... We had just had Saturday Night Live, uh, Saturday Night Fever come out in the thing with John Travolta yep. and the white yep. uh, leisure suit. You are suit. dating yourself. Oh, I know. Hey, what the hell? I'm not, I'm, we have to put that on the link farm, yeah, people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've earned every wrinkle. And in my mind, I was like dancing John like John Travolta. And my friends were panicking because I was standing on the dance floor not moving. <laughs> <laughs> But in your in my, movie, in my mind, yeah. I'm just having a great old time. Oh my god, I but love again, it! Again, to this, you know, as, as we talked earlier, um, but this, the, the whole thing about family and having people around. Yes, yes. you know, if you did stuff like that, you I just didn't, you didn't go out by yourself and no. just you know, no. right? And they no. were also so, more social drugs, right? That, yes, you know, were happy making, which you know, not to be right. so down on our current generation right. today, but these are you know. Drugs that are not going to ever lead to anything good, I feel. You yeah, know, you right. know, the drugs that are around yeah. Yeah. meth and meth, all that. Meth has got some nasty hooks in it. That's, yeah. you know, some people I mean, just... I believe in all things moderation. If there was a way to moderate some of sure. this, then I'd be saying, hey, who cares? Right, yeah. right. But, but I've watched I've, too many people that I've known personally mm-hmm. walk yeah. down a road that we all had to kind of do an intervention yeah. and drag them back from the It's also interesting, edge. too, when you put that out there like PNP, it's not even about the sex, again, to your no. point, mm-hmm. Carpenter. It's about the drug first and foremost right. that then will lead to that, but it's like it, they're not even asking about the sex at first. Most of them, I have you, found recently, so, don't even care if they're sex after a while. If, should we be truthful? Right. They use that as the, the, the lure, lure yeah. to help support their, yeah, yeah. right, and, and the thing that, I mean, there's that drawing, I draw that line in the sand, but they're always like, well, you got some. Do you, right. have, do you have party favors? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. they're at a point where they either can't find it or they can't afford it. They, can, they can't find it, they can't afford it, or no one will give it to them anymore because anymore. they're just, you know. Yeah. Right. right. 
And then back to the sex that was actually happening in these bars <laughs> then. Oh. Um, did you find it, I mean, things like what we now call um, BDSM and, you know, S&M mm -hmm. that are really sort of secondary. I mean, these, seems, these things. But you see, there weren't, there were, there were bars and there were clubs. Right. Right. Sex clubs, frankly. Mm -hmm. Right. And more vanilla behavior was in the baths. Right. Just traditional. Yes. Yeah. Right. Traditional fucking. The yeah. minute you yeah. find you were intrigued by, or your real thrust, if you will, was the, say, leather or kink. Right. Then you then gravitated to maybe you got your feet wet at the old eagle or the old spike. Mm -hmm. The spike was never all that radical. The eagle was, there was some stuff going on in the back. Oh, there was. And yes. you could find some great, I mean, we used to go from Wet Wednesday to the eagle. Right, Wet Wednesday. And... Wet Wednesday was done by Wally Wallace at the Mineshaft. Okay. And if you went to Wet Wednesday, you knew you were going to get wet. So you better not show up. He would ask you at the door, hey, are you into water sports? And if the answer was no, it's like, why don't you come back tomorrow night? Right. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to go in and you don't take your clothes off, it was not unusual for us to start this at the Mineshaft and then take it to the Eagle afterwards. Mm -hmm. Right. The, the <laughs> Eagle was to go get drunk and look at all the guys that didn't go have sex. Yeah. I mean, they'd walk up and stick their dick in your pocket and just piss. Wow. Wow. You know, and <laughs> trust me, it's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. But um, the lower level of the mine shaft was where that was really held on Wednesday night. That, that floor was always packed. Yes. That's where the yeah. tubs were. But, I mean, there was also other bars in the city that weren't, um, like, this leather scene, right? Like, was sex and stuff happening in those types of bars, too? I'm just talking about your base, you know, what not gay so bars much, were around in New York not City. Not so much in the bars. Right. There wasn't really sex in the bars. Cause, you would you know, go to a sex club. If you wanted to get off, you went to the glory hole on the West, what, West Street, was it? I don't remember. It was down in the village. And you would get off. Right, right. Yeah. Then you would go to the bar. Or you go to a bookstore, like Christopher Street oh, Bookstore. Oh, yeah. 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 That was another place. Okay, oh, I bookstore. forgot about the basement of the, yeah, the Christopher yeah. Street Bookstore. Christopher Street oh, Bookstore. Oh, that was notorious. Okay. Notorious. So if you were maybe a more, not vanilla, but just a, a regular gay, and you weren't yeah. into, like, the mineshaft and all these, a regular gay. Yeah, there were um, certain. I wouldn't have been a regular gay, but um, you would have gone to maybe, like, the bar, a regular bar or dance club, and then you'd go to, like, the bookstores or the. Right. Or you go to the yeah. bookstores, or, or you go to Club Baths, or, or maybe know. the Gaiety. I'm not... Depending know. on what you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many you options. Know? Exactly. Right. You, had, you had a menu of options. Yeah. You know, if, if you went to the clubs, I mean, if you, went to the, if you went to the theaters, you know, the Gaiety, whatever, it was mostly just oral sex. Right. Yeah. Mostly. Not all the time. Mm -hmm. There were other things going on there. Yeah. You know, but yep. that was primarily what it was. So if you want to suck dick, you want to have a blowjob, then, you know... Yep. Go to one of the theaters or the bookstores. These bookstores were very similar. In San Francisco, you know? where, you know, I had my first experiences, uh, I remember I went, there was a, the Knob Hill Cinema, which is still around mm -hmm. um, on, in Knob Hill area. And it's a, a theater that shows like porn movies, but then they have like performers come in. And, yeah. and I remember I was like panicked and, <laughs> uh, yes. you know, got mustered up enough nerve. I, I was in finishing up college and I went into the city and, you know, drove my pickup truck, parked and went in there. And I remember it was this um, porn star that I had seen his films. Mm. And I was really 
excited. Chris Stone, I think, was his name. He was... Yes, I remember. Chris Stone, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I knew who he was, but I certainly found out later that he had a, a nice repertoire of, of work. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, he performed, and, and that was great. Well, afterwards, you could go in the back and meet him in this interesting contraption. It was like a box. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he was in a glass or a plexiglass like thing. Yeah. And they had this contraption where you could, it was like a glove that I would, you would put your hand in there. And so you weren't like touching them with your yep. hand and you could feel them. Well, I, you know, again, muster up some more nerve and went in there and, you know, was fondling him and all. And it was really exciting. Well, he ended up, he, finding me attractive i was at 22 or one and he i guess the rule was dancers or performers couldn't go home with or do anything with any of the the patrons and so but we had had sort of a connection and of course i was willing to do whatever he said and he (laughs) told me to meet him on the in the back door and so i picked him up in my truck and then we went um but to his, you know, credit, um, he drove me to Safeway in, in the Castro, and we went, and I had to buy condoms there, yep. and like at oh, Safeway, that Safeway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he um, put them down, and and, and it was uh, he actually bought them, and it, it, I was so of course nervous to even buy condoms in general, yeah. but to buy condoms in a in a major grocery store, grocery store, yeah. albeit you know Castro in San Francisco was still a lot. We went back, and he was really the first person that taught me safe sex, yeah. and I credit him to that because yeah. I thought that was a really yeah. cool thing. But it was exciting that Knob Hill and that that Safeway. I remember going to that Safeway, the notorious Safeway. It's still there, but yeah, yeah it's not nothing like it. I remember going to that Safeway one morning, you know, after an all nighter. Yeah, you know, and we were still going, mm-hmm. and we had to buy more Crisco and paper yep. towels. And here we are, <laughs> and they know, weren't baking people. You know, and we were not baking. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but we went in there. It's like six a.m. They just opened, or whatever. Maybe it was. I don't know. Yep. They had just opened, and here we are. We're in full leather. We smell like Crisco yep. from a mile away. Yep. And we walk in. Have your hazmats on. Just about. <laughs> yeah. So, and we walk in and we have two five pound things of Crisco and six roll of paper towels. And we just yep. put it down and she just rang it up. Mm-hmm. And that nut didn't phase her at all. Yep. Wow. At all. Wow. And I was just, you know. Well, just like the cab drivers that would pick us up outside of the mine shaft after Wet Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Money is money. Yeah. Right. You know, you're more aware of like, oh, should I do this? And they're kind of like, yeah, fine. Yeah, right. I've seen it all. I mean, yeah. in places like Frisco, New York, it's like yeah, San Francisco. You, San Fran- you don't call it Frisco. Oh, oh, you, sorry, sorry. Yes, exactly. Not, sorry. It's yeah, like yeah. saying Kearney Street. It's Kearney. Yeah, okay. but that Frisco one's a biggie. Yeah, but yeah, yeah no, but, no worries. But um, no, I, I'm not. They're cable cars, not trolleys. Right. Exactly. But somehow exactly. I knew that. <laughs> but again, to, you know, today people, I just think we've, you know, we've talked about the the timeline, and we've somewhat. I've noticed that we stigmatize sex a lot. Yes, a lot. You know, mm-hmm. in some ways it was like we realized there was a disease and so it's good well, that... Well, I don't you know, know about... But st- it, it seemed like there, it became, we've stigmatized having sex over right. the years. Yeah, because it came, the, the hardest part of all this, and this is where society as a whole didn't 
help us in any way, shape, or form because they didn't know what to do. We didn't right. know what to do. Mm -hmm. I can. Re I mean, I never sat down and looked at a calendar and said, "Oh, from this date to this date." But there was a stretch, and I'm going to say it was probably two years. But I didn't have sex. You know, I go. I went from like right. five orgasms a day right. every mm -hmm. day for years to zero. Right. Because you didn't know. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things that they thought might be causing it was poppers. Mm -hmm. That was remember that was that was what big thing. Well, they that were looking the at newspapers. What do gays do that? That's different. Yeah, to look at different. Everything. Yeah, they were looking at everything. So it's like okay, lots of gays do poppers. Yeah. So okay, maybe it's maybe poppers. it's poppers. Yeah. you know, maybe it's. You know, the, in the bathhouses, maybe it's because they're, they're you know, it's hot there or yeah, they're in the steam jacuzzi room. or in the steam yeah. room. Maybe it's breeding. You know, they just didn't know. They didn't yeah. know. Right. You know, and, and again, like what, what Bob said, this, you know, the, the, the general public, they just didn't want to know about it. It was the gay community. Yeah. They didn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, and, and the gay you community. Know, New York, I give them credit now, but we never eased up. But we basically shut everything. We shut everything down. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. The gay man's health crisis. I give them tons of credit. Yes. Credit is due. But True. they became the sex police. And we right. let them do that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And there were some of us at the time, but we were a very vocal, but we were the minority. But mm -hmm. it was like, hey, let's ease into this. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's not just shut. Yeah. Because my philosophy has always been when you shut things down, then people don't get educated. It's right. true. What happens to all the guys that used to go to the St. Mark's? Mm -hmm. You know, once you find out the condoms are the name of the game, well, then pass them out for free. Yeah. Educate. Right. Right. You know, and that's not it was better to just turn a blind eye. And mm -hmm. there are some advocates that I used to know very well as friends that are my age that I no longer get along with because they've taken one road and I've taken another. They're welcome to their opinion. And yeah. it's taken a lot of years to figure out who not one. You don't win in this situation. Yeah, no. But, you know, maybe we, we could have done things differently. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree. And things could have been done differently in the sense that, you know, from the perspective of, like you said, just don't necessarily close things down. Because then that whole education part mm -hmm. of using a condom, you know, gets that, lost. Well, fear, as we all know, acting oh. from a fear yes. standpoint right. never really right. is a good But sexuality, sexuality, gay sex went underground again. Yeah, especially right. the leather scene. The leather scene. Because our, for, for, for better or worse, we took the brunt of it. Mm -hmm. Because of places like the Mineshaft. Right, right. Where you would be Wednesday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. Most weeks. <laughs> and there are three to four hundred men there. And you had multiple partners. Right. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Maybe only yeah. five orgasms, but multiple partners. Got it, yeah. Right. And you took the bread of it as the, yeah. the scapegoat that and people And to watch, blamed. I mean, literally, yeah. and I mean, not to over-dramatize it, but all the people that I thought I'd retire with are gone. Yeah. Right. I am the last one standing. Right. Of but my in, family. But in other ways, back to your point, yeah. I mean, there's a, I talked about it in another episode, but there's a great documentary, Folsom Forever, about the Folsom Street Fair and how it began and when um, there was a very divisive nature of in the gay community of pointing fingers, 
to the the men that went to those yes. uh, leather establishments oh, yes. mm-hmm. when the epidemic came out, oh, yes. um, pointing the fingers as you caused this, yep. and, right. yeah, and oh, yes. so it caused a divisive nature yes. of the gays that didn't, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and those I, that I did. Admit and I admit, I still have a. There's a part of me that still resents that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I understand. I at least that. in the movie, they talk. It's a great movie. We'll put that on the link farm. Um, but um, the lesbians actually were. Some of the people that stepped up to the plate during oh, that yes. time frame that marched in this per, in the Folsom Street Fair that was an AIDS uh, fundraiser, fundraiser because you know people were running out of funds for the hospitals and they were marching in there during, in the middle of the day with lesions on their mm-hmm. skin mm-hmm. and the one um, the people that really stepped up to the plate were lesbians and oh, so yeah. it's like not a lot of the pointing figures people so yeah. I find that. Fascinating, and and to all those that like, don't be mad at your lesbians, people. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So we owe them. Well, and and the reason we survived some of this is because the leather community, for one of a better, we were a family, mm-hmm. and we were there for each other. Right. And this wasn't a time to point fingers, and as we all right. learned later, the history it wasn't right. a gay disease, and yeah, you know, yeah, and it, yeah. yeah. So I think. We've all, of course, moved on, I think, in some ways. But I'm sure yeah. for those that, you know, there's, were in the heart yeah. of it, it, there's obviously always wounds, open wounds. and Yeah, although part of it, that's kind of, at least from my vantage point, mm-hmm. is long gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, of the way but. general society reacted, too. They were feeling pressured, and they reacted. Once, right. once it became more mainstream. Yeah. Right. So... I mean, I think now, like in 2016, we're, I'm seeing a lot of examples of people, you know, the walls of sex. I mean, things like PrEP. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes. and the negative side, we talked a little bit about the PNP. Right. You know, PrEP, people have their feelings on it. But it's, you know, we talked about it in another episode. In some right. ways, it's great because it's preventing, you know, HIV at least. At least Correct. for now. But for then now. I'm noticing, like, I was just in Chicago for the um, inter- IML, International yep. Mr. Leather Contest, and we went out one night, and there um, there was a few bars that still have what you talk of, the the um, Dark basement. Room, basement. Back yep. The basement, and- the, the back room, that I guess Chicago's laws are a little bit different than New York's, and certainly if you go to Europe... Um, oh, yeah. Oh. It's, which I love... Europe, because um, in many bars like Berlin and... and They think we're nuts. You'll go in, Mm -hmm. and what's so civilized in these bars um, in the gay area in Berlin, Schoenberg, I think it's called, Mm -hmm. probably getting that wrong, but um, you'll go in, and it's a bar scene in the front. You get yourself a beer, whatever. You can chill, you can relax... And when you're ready, if you want, you can go into the back room and it's like a maze and, yep. you know, yep. there's little areas. But I find that very, like, civilized here. Yeah. Here, because we can't mix alcohol with sex, there are some sex places here, but, right. you know, no longer do they allow that. So it really, again, it does, you know, stigmatize, oh, well, this is a sex club. Yeah, or there, it, I find it, it very civilized. In Not a place civilized, like- but... There's a word in between it's, all what I'm trying to describe. Well, it's, and it's accepted, and it's it, it's accepted, and it's just part of who we are. Right. You know, it's just part of it's. You know, it's sexuality is part of humanity, and that's where a lot of we still have Shaming. a lot of this 
we have a lot of shaming and we have a lot of Puritanism. Well, yes, well, this country was founded by yes. the pendulum swingers of that day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we and when threatened, mm-hmm. we have a tendency, at least a part of us, to go back to that. Yeah. Right. right. And that's not looking forward and not really solving a problem. Right. No. Well, I mean, I just, I just find, you know, the difference, one of the big differences between Europe and here is sexuality is just so accepted. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. gay, straight, whatever. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know. Right. And, you know, yes, people are going to have sex. People are going to have lunch. You know, they're, yeah. <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's a human, it's a human need. There's yep. still bars, um, to your point earlier about, um, uh, Wally and, and, you know, the door policy, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple bars, again, back to Berlin, one of my favorite cities, yeah. where if, if that particular night is stipulated that it's, um, they have an athletic night, and mm-hmm. I went with a friend, and he wasn't wearing what they deemed as athletic gear. Right. And they have other leather nights, and they have water sports, and yep. um, you will be turned away. Yes. And so they still maintain that. And then there's one in London, uh, the Hoist. Yeah. Um, Hoist, yes. Yeah. That uh, I went... Um, recently because there was a film on it that my a documentary on it and I didn't I went with my mom and my sister not to the hoist but <laughs> to no, say, I, was, you say, I can see I Vivian going to the hoist <laughs> yeah. no, I can't see your mom no. going to the hoist <laughs> absolutely no it was a family trip but I found a moment yeah. to yeah. sneak out at night um, or sneak out I went um, and I went online to see what the night was and you know I didn't obviously family trip did not bring a lot of my gear um, no. But the night I happened to pick was naked night. Ah. So, hey, guess what? I can do that. Yep. And so, of course, the only unfortunate thing about London is their curfew time is a lot earlier. A lot, like early. one, a lot, a lot or, earlier. No, it's well, like 11 o'clock. Well, yeah. Depending on the weekends, it's like yeah. 1 a.m. But yeah. this one was... But we had stayed up late anyway, and even the guy at the door was like, well, you know, we're not open that much longer. I'm like, that's okay. I just want to experience yeah. it. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, so there are places still that, like Wally and back in the day, that well, still adhere to some of and these. Right. I think that makes it hard for someone like me is I can remember when we were so far ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. The America. shoe was on the other foot. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had friends, I still have them, that are in London. London was a, there was nothing going on yeah. in London. Right. They used to take all their vacations. Mm-hmm. To come to New York, yeah, and they come. To, they come they love to have friendships like mine, where it was like, oh yeah, I got a spare bedroom. You know, bring your bring your lover, bring your buddy, whatever, yeah. hang out. You By know, the way, we're having a soiree and, uh, yes. this, this yeah. weekend, so <laughs> soiree. so yeah, well, you know, make sure you private parties, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I mean, it, the pendulum has swung here, and we've we have. I need, <laughs> the health department should not have any say about whether or not you have a liquor license. Right. Exactly. Which it does in the United States in certain metropolitan areas. True. And mm-hmm. not in others. Yes. Right. And once they became one in the same department, then we start paying a price. And we are too politically correct when an owner of establishment or a certain group of people can't have a night Right. Designated for X, Y, or Z. Then we are too politically correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, we are, you know, I know. We've over-responded. Uh, yeah. And there's bars in the city that would like to oh. respond to their requests. And, and But then with things, you know, developers that are building 
you know, high rises. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel for these owners of these establishments because they can't ignore a building across the street that's, you know, threatening to close this little itty bitty bar down. Mm -hmm. They can't ignore that. And so, you know, it's you can't always, I feel, be mad at one or the other because some of the people are trying to, you know, keep some of this, you know, healthy sexual yeah. lifestyle out there, but you know, we're shine, times are changing. Yes, and I mean, I, we, we sometimes are our own worst enemies. Right. It's like, if you want to have a spot that you can call your own, which in my day and age, that was very important. Mm. Same with you, yeah, Steve. Definitely. I mean, it was like, that, I, I had this to is, live... This I, is my, this is home. This is home. Yeah. I, had, I had to live a dual lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I guess I do a little bit of that at the Eagle, because I thank God for the Eagle, but I mean, you know, not dual, but yeah. Well, but in, oh, but I very much, I mean, when I was in corporate America, as edgy as I could get was wearing the cock ring under my suit and tie to work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of my way of thumbing my nose at everybody else who could fire me because I was gay. Yeah, that's true. Wow, yeah. Let alone a pervert who wears leather. Yeah. Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, that was then you would get off and you literally on your way home. Right. Would go to a place like, I'm going to pick one out of my hand, but in my case it was Julius. It was like that go-between bar. Right. Yeah. Where you could kind of like have a cocktail, you're still loose in the tie, da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Relax you go and home, get back into get the back gay into environment. Gay yes. thing. Then you go to the apartment. Suit and tie comes off, you order Chinese. While you're eating Chinese, you put on the leather. Mm-hmm. Pull on the boots. And then you go downstairs and fall into the cab, and you go to the Eagle. You go to the Spike. You go to the Lure. Yep. You go to the Mineshaft. You can go back that far. Mm-hmm. And that, you, that was where you were with your own kind. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Because you'd been subjected to, granted, unconscious, but it was not cute. Mm, like no. the prison of society, Yeah, and I mean, if you will. Where I was, I mean, and not exactly. It was the athletic industry, let's put it that way. It was the same way if you were a woman. Yeah. I didn't get to work with a woman for until my last four or five years there. Wow. I mean, that's a really new thing. Um, the, the, the thing that, was that, that, that the AIDS crisis did in all of the public places closing this, there were a lot of private parties. Yeah, we stepped I mean, up because Fritz, when, well, when Wally yeah. closed down, Wally, who ran the mine shaft, had four or five reincarnations. Oh, at least five, yeah. And they never had a name. We all used to, it was very underground because mm-hmm. the city was trying to shut him down. Mm-hmm. Right. He would open up and he would open it up under a name, just some weird ex- import, import, or just whatever. Yeah. And the but word. Was called the mindset or just. No. No, no, no. no. Wallies. Wallies. Everybody would call their when friends. When was the last Wallies? Do you. The last Wallies was at Street. 28th Street and 7th. Street. That's when he died. And would have closed about. When he died in 19. 19- 95, because that's when Edgar and I stepped up to the plate. I'm sorry, uh, 96. Okay. We were already throwing the party. It had been willed to us. Right. From a guy, George. I, don't, I never knew George's last name. But he had, he had a list. At least he knew his first name. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he had a list of approximately 100 guys who mm-hmm. he would call up, and he would invite them at random. It was not all that often, maybe once every three or four months. Would he pick and choose? Or? Oh, yeah. Knowing George, yes. <laughs> was it oh, random? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. He would pick and choose. But the first, let's say, 20 that responded would get in because he had this really tall, small studio. Okay, right. So logistically. And so they would come over, and they'd have a party that would start at, say, 10 o'clock at night and go until 4 o'clock in the morning. And everybody over time kind of got to know each other. But when he got to meet me, 
I don't know how, Edgar used to, my ex-lover, used to be his doorman. And we invited George, because he was, we knew he was not going to be with us much longer. Got it. And we had just rented the apartment that we had on 58th Street. Mm -hmm. It was part of an old schoolhouse. And he came in the apartment, and he'd been there a couple hours, and I think I went out to get something or whatever, and he and Edgar immediately started doing one of these behind my back, talking. I come back, and he grabs me, and he goes, I'm going to... You've, you've got the final veto, but I'm going to ask you a favor. I'm going to will you my list. I'm going to call all these guys up and ask them if they would come and memorialize me all together in your apartment because you have the space. I will leave you money in my will. Wow. So you can raise a toast to me with champagne at midnight in my memory if you would do this. I will call all everybody on the list. They can say whether they want their name on the list. When he was going to Before he passed, he was going to call everybody and give them the option to have their name removed or not, because it was very private. Oh, wow. And out of the state, I'm picking 100, but 80, 80, 81, said they wanted to keep their name on the list. So that was, that was a tough day when that came by special messenger. We knew George was gone because the lawyer sent us the list. Wow. And we were told we had X amount of money, and we had to wait for all the paper legal stuff to go through. And lo and behold, he left me a check because I had to go out and buy coolers and mats. You had to set all, up. You know, we had yeah. to set up. Production we, went into yes, effect. Yeah. And we had to print up invitations. Everything had to be done by snail mail. Right. This is before the days of email. That's where a post... Man walks to and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Insert yeah Kinky for those of you. Who and up. much and this says a lot about George. It also says a lot about the mentality at the time too, because out of the 80, 81 guys, seventy two showed up. Love, and they had never been in the same space together at the same time. Oh right, because you Ever. said only twenty at a time. Twenty at a time. Yeah, yeah. twenty right. at a time. On their way out, they kept hugging me. You've got to do this again. You've got to do this again. And, of oh. course, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is a tremendous amount of work. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. working a full-time yeah. gig. Yeah. You know. So, lo and behold, three months, four months later, we said, Could all you right, we'll do it again. The door? Well, we, mean, we eventually did. Okay, yeah. It, that took time, though. This is a problem. I'm not going to bore you with all that. No. And you said later that bring a but, bottle And, and, and the you. way to get in was only by somebody bringing you as a guest. Okay, got it. Because that was how legally, I did the research. That's how we got away with it mm-hmm. for the yeah. longest time. Yeah. Then we started doing the ads in Next and HX, calling it Midtown Men. Mm-hmm. But I interviewed them. Mm-hmm. And then I invited them to a dinner party at my home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a dinner party. A dinner party. Didn't necessarily want anyone to know what was on the menu, but you could guess if you were invited to that dinner party. And you would... and. I, Towards the end, we, were, we had a mailing list of about 1,200 men. And every Saturday night, there was at least 70 men in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and they all thanked you. I've seen that. Yeah. Like Fritz and Larry were the same, oh. same way. Fritz, uh, Fritz had fisting parties oh. all the time. Larry 
had pretty much every Saturday night. Yeah. You know, so wow. Fritz, so Larry would go to Fritz's parties and he, mm -hmm. you know, um, sure. when Fritz would have one, so he wouldn't do his party. <laughs> right. But so if Fritz wasn't having a party, then you can go to Larry's. Right. And, and there, there were other things that were going yeah. on. There was another guy, Jim in the East Village that I remember, he had this humongous, he had a small studio, <laughs> but he had a chandelier that literally yeah, yeah. was like the size of the room. Right. You know, so. Right. Please don't break and fall. Yeah. So, well, no, you couldn't really, you couldn't, it was very high Don't ceiling. hang from the chandelier. Yeah. Don't hang from the chandelier. Yep. But, you know, you're on your back and you got your heels up to Jesus and you're having a great time and going, oh my God, this gorgeous chandelier. And glamorous, yeah. Well, you, you remember Troy. I'm not going to use last oh, names yeah. here. Well, he and I looked because it, he used to come to ours on a regular basis, and he began to realize that I was starting to burn out a little bit because we were using my home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which meant yeah. I had every Saturday I had to move furniture out right. oh. and then move it back in. Yeah. And then I had to do laundry. The, and, it know, wasn't I, like there was a staff, right? Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't Wally's old spot on the last one, 28th Street, where you could take a hose. Right. Yeah. This was your home. Down. This was my home. And for the most part, we had pretty good luck. We only had two things stolen that I am aware of. Right, right. Which is, you know, for 10 years, that's not bad. No. But Troy and I looked, trying to find spaces. Right. This, the rent. That's when New York... See, what stopped a lot of change in this city is the rent. That's when yeah. we became Disneyland East. Right, right. Because people like Wally, even if he were alive today, couldn't afford. Yeah. I mean, even if you charged $20 at the door, you'd have to pack the place every night of right. the week. Just, yeah. to pay the just to pay the rent, yeah. much less anything else. He right. was good, though. He always found oh, places. Yeah. He always well, found that, places. We were laughing because we were talking about different spaces yeah. earlier. There's the bagelry on uh, 14th Street, right across from the they Apple store be. that used to be. Well, actually, it wasn't the bagelry because it was next to the bagelry because oh. that's where we go after. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> to get the bagel, yeah. But yes. what, what was, what's open next? To the, oh, it's a, it's a dress it's, shop, maybe? Um, it's in there now? No, it's, uh, uh, what is it, Keats or something I, like I, that? I don't, it's a pharmacy type It was a great place. space. Oh. It used to be a butcher. Keels, yes. Yeah. It's oh, Keels. I, yeah. I shop at Keels. Okay. On 14th, on 14th Street. Street. Well, yeah. That used to be... Yeah, that, yeah, that Wally, from the Apple Store. Wally had a space there. Wow. Yeah. And it was... And I was used to laugh because he had these walls up yep. that yeah. were like Movable. glory holes. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't permanent. And every once in a while, you'd He'd get some just, drunk person oh. and these things would start falling off. <laughs> oh, like, 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 <laughs> like a bad set. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's hilarious. But, well, and uh, one of the reasons he, the spot before 28th Street, I don't remember where that was. He ran into problems with the health department because Dum Dum left the sofa on the floor on a water sports night. Uh-oh. Oh. And the neighbors upstairs, three, four days later, yeah. in the yeah. summer, were like, health department. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Squiggy. Oh, gonna, yes. Yeah. Isn't that squiggy? Yeah. 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 Um, well, okay. I think this has been really enlightening, and we yes. could go on. I know we could oh, go, we on. Could go, I could go on, on and on, and on, on with you. Yes, that's but good. I was, you brought some uh, list of some spots oh. that oh, I, I want to put on there just for fun on, yeah. on the website, and then you know, and there are some places today. Um, you know, there's certainly the uh, New York Jock parties. They have a list, and mm -hmm. yep. they have a place somewhere on Thirty Something Street, and there's an. an a New Yorkian kind of one that you have to be African, and there, there is. I feel mm -hmm. like sex happening, not mm -hmm. maybe like what it used to be, um, but as to your point, Carpenter. I mean, people will, men will always be 
gay men are always going to have sex. Yeah, yes. period. Figure Regardless, it out. Yeah. doesn't matter. That's just, I mean, that's just... In some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah, that's just who we are. Absolutely. Men in general. Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, Bob, I want to thank you so much You're for welcome. joining us. Thank and you. I want to bring you back because okay. I think we could do a part two or even other topics. Oh, Lord, this could, yes, we could do all kinds of topics. Do you have a handler, any way that we can follow you? or Just, just no. smell. You can <gasps> smell them all the way down. Them. Oh. <laughs> Is that what I smell? You know that. It's, it it's Carpenter it wasn't over there for that's the Crisco queen. <laughs> I am not the Crisco queen. <laughs> wow. Well, on that note. It's... I do have a couple of ripe jock straps, though. Ooh, those, you could probably get a lot of money for those. eBay. No, he, saves them, he saves them for That's his like boys. Artwork for... He's got a, he saves them for his boys. Ooh, yes. Okay, okay. Yep. okay. Nice, yeah. nice. As always, thank you, Mr. Carpenter. Of course. It's I been will, fun. Yep, we'll be back again. Um, thank you so much. Always have fun gay sex. We'll be talking about it, and we will see you next time. Don't forget to follow us on social media with at TalkAboutGaySex on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. That's at Talk About Gay Sex.